Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. Hey, here we are. We are here. So, uh... Dropped a tranny yesterday. You said, "How'd that go?" It went well. I mean, as well as it could have been, except I was working on a Sunday. That's no fun. Yeah. Who also, likes to do that? I'd like to point out that I he means transmission because uh, I didn't I didn't perpetrate any hate crimes. He was walking around just dropping <laughs> trannies all day long. Took him three hours though. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> kind of. Kind of a big tranny. <clears throat> no, I had to. So, I mean, that's a lesson in uh, business is that uh, sometimes you have to improvise and you have to do things that uh, you don't necessarily plan to or care for doing, which is changing a clutch on a Sunday because <clears throat> a whole bunch of, you know, things failed, as in, like, you know, the guy that we were supposed to be getting the transmission from. Uh, he gave me the runaround for too many days. The mechanic that I had anticipated was going to change said transmission and clutch on Saturday bailed on me because he's a turd. And then on Sunday as well, I find out that he also wasn't able to do it on Sunday. So I was like, all right, screw it. You know, time to put my big boy pants on and go take care of it myself. So, um, I called up Kenneth to see if he was available or any of his guys were available and none of his mechanics were because I was going to have him do it so that I could go to church and, Mm -hmm. you know, have my normal Sunday, you know. But uh, that didn't, uh, he didn't have anyone available. And I was like, well, if we want to ensure this job's getting done today, we need two, you know, good mechanics on it. And so um, I had him and myself working on it and we... Knocked it out real quick. So are we saying Kenneth is a good mechanic? <clears throat> well, yeah. I never said he wasn't. I mean, I trained him myself, so I mean. Well, in that case. I mean. <clears throat> I'd say he's cut from the same cloth, but brother from a different mother then? Um, I think it's from another mother. That's <laughs> how you're supposed to say it. <clears throat> okay, whatever. Yeah. I actually don't have any brothers from another mother, but I do have sisters from another mister. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I have a half sister and I have uh, uh three adopted sisters. So, there we go. Uh Oklahoma fun facts. You know, I was really thinking that I ought to put together some uh um some music for the Oklahoma fun facts. I never got around to it. And we're, we're almost probably about to the end of the list. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I'm I'm almost kind of out of Oklahoma fun facts. <laughs> but uh, there's still a few of them out there. Uh, so, fun fact. Cushing, Oklahoma is the pipeline crossroads of the world and has the world's largest storage of oil. Do you know this? In Oklahoma... We have the largest amount of stored oil? We have the largest, the world's largest stored oil right here in Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's a pretty impressive fun fact. 
there's a lot of stuff about Oklahoma that I don't think uh, people quite, you know, realize. And uh, the fact, so Oklahoma really generated most of its income and economic growth um, in the oil boom and still to this day is kind of in, involved pretty heavily in the oil industry. In fact, Tulsa, Tulsa. <clears throat> Was that the new music that you were <laughs> yeah. going with? It was almost ominous noise. But anyways, Tulsa was kind of, Tulsa kind of came about because of oil. I mean, the fact the first, the first uh, kind of economic boom, the first kind of millionaires in Oklahoma were made in Tulsa from oil. And we still, to this day, like a lot of our, a lot of our economy is, you know, kind of revolving around oil. Um We have a ton of oil in Oklahoma, and there's a ton of oil business in Oklahoma, particularly like Tulsa. Like this, this is why we have like these, these uh, uh, super rich people here in Tulsa. Like it's kind of an unassuming town. Like you wouldn't expect. Like it seems, it seems kind of off whenever you're like, oh, what? There's what the heck is a Lamborghini doing driving down the streets of Tulsa? Well, like. Um... There's a guy that uh, our business coach works with, uh, witness business coach, um, that uh, he wrapped his Lamborghini. And if you type in uh, to Google uh, Lamborghini News, it's um, one of the top ranking stories right now because um, he wrapped it with... uh, Trump in mind, pretty much. Oh yeah, uh, Trump twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, he he's got on the front windshield total acquittal. Uh, he's got <laughs> that it's powered by liberal tears. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. So he so we have like these. Uh, we have a lot of we have a handful of extremely rich people in Tulsa, and that's why like we have like a so like our Tulsa River Walk that was made um here recently this past uh was it a year or two ago it was built by like primarily like by donations from tulsa residents and when i say tulsa residents i don't mean like the community got together no like three rich people basically funded it because we've got that here here in the town And, and a lot of these a lot of the uh rich the like, and when I say rich, I mean I don't mean like yeah they've got like a million, a cool million dollars or something like that. No, we're like rich, like oil rich. Dude, I was dropping people off uh, while Ubering this past weekend to some homes that, <coughs> if you put your house and my house and maybe two more, we'd probably still not be to the we'd, same we'd, size. We'd make up their living room. As those homes. <laughs> yeah. I pulled up in front of them, I'm dropping them off, and I'm going, good night. Yeah, I mean, there's some the of thing these. thing is, driving to those tile homes, mm-hmm. you would think that you'd probably get a tip <clears throat> off of those homes, but those homes are the ones that never tip. Huh. Matter of fact, this past weekend, of all the homes that I dropped off to, I may have, and I dropped to a lot of those type homes. Maybe because, uh, maybe because they're disappointed it. that you didn't show up in a Porsche. Ah, uh, that could, could be, be it. it. They're like in Acadia, because you know they're like, oh, you know, then then you show up in your Acadia, and uh, it's not like the pro- profile says anything different. 
<laughs> I know. But you know, like they're like, oh, cloth seats. Um, where's my where's my Rolls Royce? Maybe they should have brought their leather cover seat or seat covers. I still think you should put seat covers in your in your vehicle. It seems it's like I would be constantly worried. Man, I about... had some I had some broad picker nose and uh, wipe it on my seat this past weekend. That's what I'm saying. Put put you need to put some like seat covers that down. Ticked me off. And Keith had somebody uh, step in his seat. Uh, oh, Friday night he was driving Ooh. and. Uh-huh. Some kid got in and stepped in the front or in the the middle seat yeah. to get into the back seat. People don't. And oh, he about came unglued. He said, "He's sitting there. He's like, that'd have been whatever. I'd have been like, all right, get out. Just, <laughs> just get out. <clears throat> get out. And I dare you to step on my seat on the way out. <clears throat> no. You see this piece? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, get get. Uh, I've been saying it for a while now. You need to get like a." They don't have to be like real leather, just like the fake leather, the vinyl leather seat covers, because if it's dirty, like if you have you someone, you know, throw up all over the place, then it's not as much cleaning. And, you know, it could just be you, your cleaning could be like, all right, wrap this up, throw it in the trash, buy a new one. <laughs> don't even bother with it. Yeah. I know I wouldn't. It's just not only that, but like, uh, oh, people are gross in general and you inc- Increase the amount of people that are going to get in and out of your vehicle, and you're going to increase the amount of grossness that's going to occur. So, the like a vinyl, thing, a nice vinyl seat cover is really easy to just kind of spray down with some Lysol, grab some Clorox wipes or whatever, and sanitize your car. Plus, you're picking up people from the the airport. What about coronavirus? I haven't picked up really anybody from the uh, okay. airport. All right, good. But stay uh, away from it. That has kind of <laughs> made me a little nervous with the uh, the whole coronavirus thing. As often as uh, I'm picking people in general up. Yeah. Uh, not to be racist, but I'm staying away from Asian people. <laughs> I don't think you can say not to be racist, and it automatically makes the next thing that you're about to say not racist. Because Im- immediately as I pull up, I'm going, frick. I, I don't I, know if this person's got coronavirus. In but fact, in just general, the whole thought of somebody coming from Japan or uh, anywhere just over a, in that as area. A general rule of thumb, I can almost guarantee that if anyone ever says not to be racist or I don't mean to be racist, buckle yeah, you, up. Buckle up because the next words out of their <laughs> mouth are going to be racist. <laughs> you never hear anyone say, I don't mean to be racist, but I love all people in the entire world. You, you don't hear that. It's I don't mean to be racist, but have you seen these Asians? What? Are you allowed to? I don't think that makes it cool. <clears throat> That's kind of like saying, uh, no offense, but, you know, you start off with, or or if you start anything off with, with all due respect, it means you're about to be disrespectful. <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> so I went out on the boat this weekend as well. On Saturday. Yeah. Right and I have discovered, uh, which I meant to ask you, uh, did we put two cameras all across that pond opposite of where I set my blind up? I think we did. Because I got back and I thought I had a, another camera at the house, and I do not. So I think I left a camera out there. Oh, no. <clears throat> but I'll be back out there at some point or another. Weather's been nice, so. How many cameras did you have? I retrieved three from there. So I've got one. Oh, you have one? All right, then we're good. I could have sworn we only put one over there, but 
<laughs> but I thought I had one at my house and, uh, and I did not. And I was like, well, where the heck is that other one? But I went out. So, uh, I, I, I conned my wife into coming out there with me I to heard. help me. Yeah. <laughs> she's, I was like, do you want to help me get it's the gear? There's tactics there on that one. Yeah. She's like, she's like, no, I don't want to. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. And she's like, she's like, I just want to stay in bed. And I'm like, well, it's like, I, I kind of need like my, my hunting gear is not that big of she a deal. She didn't even drink nothing on uh no, the, Friday night. the, the, con- she j- well, it's just Saturday morning. She doesn't have anything to do. So she'd rather just, you know, chill for the day. I want to get some, I want to get stuff done. So, and I, and I, the camping gear, that tote is heavy and it's not like super heavy, but it's, it's big and long and like difficult to handle like by yourself. And I was like, <clears throat> the twins were not going to be of help. No. So it, you know, it's, wouldn't that big of a deal for the two of us to carry it back to the boat. But, uh, uh, she was like, I don't want to go. And so then my daughter was laying there in the bed. She'd come to our bed in the morning and I asked her, I said, Hey, do you want to go on the boat? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you gotta, you gotta have your mom come too. So you gotta convince her to come. So I used the, I used the babies against her. <clears throat> That's the way to do it. That's how you, uh, that's how you win right there you use you, this thing is about warfare is uh you can't there's no such thing as fair in war <laughs> um you know i i don't i i didn't i didn't sign up for the geneva conventions like i, I did not agree to this well i'm gonna use i'm gonna use tac i'm gonna use tactics that may be unconventional and that's how you uh that's how you win wars so mm-hmm. <clears throat> um um, Sorry, I had to drink that coffee because my, <coughs> my throat I don't know was... where he's going with this. Um, so, Okay, so I'll tell you where I'm going with this. I was going to go with, um, so we talked on it briefly, but being a business owner, um, you have to, you have to frequently improvise and like, and this is a thing I think that a lot of people fail to realize and understand when getting into business is that you have to you can't you can't just <clears throat> you can't just like have a good product or a good service and that's that that's the end of the day mm-hmm. there's like a zillion other aspects of it one of which is that you have to know how to run a business and if you don't know how you better learn really quick um you have to you have to be able to be many things at once you have to be part accountant part hr part uh, part, uh, you know, tax compliance, part, uh, attorney. And, and you think, well, I can hire people for those things. And, and this is true. This is true. You can hire, but the thing is, if you don't understand any of these aspects, w- at least well enough to realize when a professional is screwing you over, because in your guys's experience, how many times have accountants really been uh, jerking you guys around? Yeah. I mean, you you guys have burned through like four different accountants since since I've moved back to Oklahoma, I think, or something think along those uh, lines. It, well, not all of them have screwed us over. It's more, um, um, it was really just one that really screwed us over. Yeah. Um, the others, it just didn't seem like they were, uh, that they had. 
our best interest at heart. Because nobody ever will, except for, and like, no one's going to care about your business more than you. Right. And that's where that's where it's important to understand these aspects of business. Because, like, you can hire... You can hire somebody to do all of your accounting, yes, but you also better be keeping an eye on them and double-checking what's going on. So now, <clears throat> with the way Liette has things set up uh, with Witness, we have, uh, and Tulsa Security Storage, uh, and the U-Haul dealership, uh, she is... She's focusing on all the the monies coming in from each one, and she's got it on a spreadsheet, and she's got it pretty lined out. But mm-hmm. um, what she doesn't understand is the the tax rules and how the accountant things yeah, work. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like you don't have to. So she she focuses on making sure everything's lined out uh, line by line. Yeah, and then we have a. <clears throat> real tax person because that is the thing about taxes in general which i think is just absolutely silly is how our tax code works our tax code is extremely complicated in fact most people who work at who spend their careers working at the irs don't understand the tax code because it's become so complicated right and so it is important like it is useful to have somebody who understands the tax code Uh, The thing is, is it's useful to also know a few things. Like, for instance, um, several years back when I was an owner-operator and uh, I drove semi-trucks and I had, you know, a small business, I had a guy preparing my taxes for me and he, you know, sends me the taxes to proof and sign and send to the IRS. And so he sends them to me to proof them and basically I just have to sign acknowledgement and... I had figured that I was probably going to owe around fifteen hundred to two grand or something that year. So I had sa- I'd set aside money. I'd set aside like twenty five hundred, and I thought I'd set aside more than I needed. Well, I get the tax paperwork that he sends me, and um, and it's showing that I was going to owe the IRS six thousand dollars and state three thousand dollars. Yeah, totaling about nine thousand dollars. <clears throat> so I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, this isn't this isn't good. It's like, how could I have been so wrong? So I go back through my accounting and make sure that I didn't mess anything up and I was, you know, setting money aside and I was pretty sure that I had everything right. And I'm looking through the taxes and everything that he had set up. By by the way, the guy that was doing this, mind you, is supposedly a small business expert. Like this is what like he primarily prepares taxes for small businesses, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's not like it was a it was a surprise as to what I did for a living. He knew what I did for the li- for a living. Knew that I was over the road truck driver, and you know what I discovered is that he did not claim per diem as my for my tax deductions. Now per diem, <clears throat> if you travel for business, then every time like like for instance as over the road truck driver, if you are away from the house for more than twenty four hours, you get to claim. Um, a, a, a tax write-off for that day in per diem, basically food and lodging expenses, which uh, I want to say is like eighty bucks or something a month. I, I forget, or a, not a month, a day. I forget what exactly it was. It might have been like sixty. And then you also claim half-day per diems. I don't deal with per diem anymore, so I don't know the exact numbers. And the tax code's probably changed six ways to Sunday since then. But um, 
Uh, so don't so don't don't go taking these numbers and start writing them off on your taxes if you're listening. <clears throat> Look it up and figure out what the IRS allots for full day per diem and half day. And if you're gone for more than 12 hours but less than 24 hours, you can claim a half day per diem. So I called them up and said, "Hey, uh, did you claim per diem uh, for you know in my tax deductions?" And he's like, "Oh no, I didn't do that." I'm like, well, I'm a truck driver. Like, that's like, besides fuel, that's like my next biggest deduction. Um, no kidding. And so it was a $14,000 deduction that he completely forgot. So I was like, okay, do you want me to tell you I've tracked, you know, how many days and how many half days? Do you want me to send you that or do you want me to send you the dollar amount? And he's like, oh, just whatever the dollar amount is. So then I send him the dollar amount for the per diem uh, claim and he adjusts it. He, funny enough, uh, so I went from owing six thousand to federal and three thousand to uh, to state. It ended up shifting it to where I owed, um, I think it was six hundred to federal and three hundred. So I went from owing owing nine thousand dollars to owing like nine hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, the, the the guy almost cost me over eight thousand dollars in unnecessary tax uh, taxes. And and if it wasn't for the fact that I kind of, you know, that I that I had an idea of what I was doing on that front, on the account, and I kept good records, and I also understood what my tax deductions, I'm not saying you need to know every single thing about the tax code, but know what your, what are your deductions that you're going to be, you know, that, that are going to apply to your business, especially the big ones, like if you're an over-the-road truck driver, uh, per diem is a very big tax deduction. Uh, obviously like besides fuel. Cause I think that year I spent somewhere in the neighborhood of like a hundred something thousand dollars in fuel. Um, there's, there's a lot of money. <laughs> like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, is bizarre when I was looking at like my fuel expenses, uh, one year and I'm like, man, if I, if I didn't have to buy fuel, my truck ran on hopes and dreams. I could have paid my mortgage off this year. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But unfortunately, semi-trucks do not run on hopes and dreams. They run on dead dinosaurs. Um, so so my, my point is, is that in, if, in order to successfully run a business, like if I had not known, then I would have just been like, well, I guess that's that. I guess I'm going to have to like make a payment arrangement with the IRS because I thought I saved enough money. And I didn't. Like I didn't have just $9,000 laying around. Those payment arrangements that you do with the IRS... If you miss one payment, you get to start over. Oh, yeah. The IRS is not, they don't play when it comes to collecting their no, money. No, they don't. Yeah. It's, uh, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty tough about it. Yeah. And they, and they will put you in jail if you owe them. Like, it's, it's like the only case where, like, if you owe someone money, they're like, all right, you're going to jail. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, like, you could owe, you could, you could miss a car payment, you're not going to jail. <laughs> you could miss, you know, you can miss a mortgage payment, you're not going to jail. But if you miss an IRS payment, you know, enough times and you don't pay them for a, enough years, they will just put you in prison. They will lock you up like a caged animal. So what I don't understand is if you uh, drive down 44 and you look over uh, to the, uh, the, they're, they're, the IRS office is right there off of 44. Um, it's a massive building. Um, I think it's just, I think it's just west of, um, of 44 and, um, dang it, 44 and 169. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a big building, but anyways, 
Uh, if you look off uh, off the um, highway, you'll see their office, and they always have, always uh, have uh, Suburbans and Jeeps, and they're no cheap. These <coughs> things are brand spanking new looking all the time. I'm going, man, my tax dollars are paying for that. They got it. Brand spanking new vehicles, and no one's ever driving them. Why yeah. Why do they get brand spanking new vehicles to just sit there, just to sit there? Well, because, I mean... It's annoying to me. What else Every time there? I see it. I don't understand. What else is the government going to spend money on? Do you think they're going to spend money on useful things? <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> well, that, that and... Uh, I've worked in the federal government, and... <laughs> I was uh, going to say, they, they don't spend <clears throat> money on... Uh, or they're they're not wise with their money when it comes oh. to... Like you've said that you could walk into Ace Hardware and buy the uh, the bolt that you needed for helicopters or whatever, and yet at the same time they're spending forty and fifty dollars for that same bolt that you could have yeah. paid forty five yeah. cents well, for. Well, there's there's some bolts on the helicopter that were like three hundred dollars for a bolt. Yeah, and and and, and it's not just that. It's government. Here's a, here's a something that a lot of people who don't who don't uh, deal in the government they don't know what the uh, uh, something that they don't um, that they don't know about. Like here, here's where one of the biggest wastes in government spending comes from, and that is budgets and the fiscal year. So let me explain something about budgets here. <clears throat> if you work in the government, um, and, and this is true of federal and state governments, everyone mm-hmm. practices this same practice in government. Oh yeah. And that is, if you get a budget, your department has a budget. So. <sighs> If fiscal year is coming to a close and you have not utilized the entirety of if you're under budget, then what you do is you waste a whole bunch of money so that way you can get up to your budget so that way next year your budget isn't cut. So, for instance, let's say you are in a department of government somewhere and your budget, your annual budget is $100,000. Fiscal year is coming to a close. You have you know, two months till the end of fiscal year, and you have only spent $70,000. Well, you're not going to spend, you know, your normal spending, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it up to $100,000 in two months. So what do you do? You find stuff to spend money on and you waste that money. Because what happens is if you didn't spend the entirety of that $100,000, some pencil pusher somewhere is going to say, oh, look, your department has only spent 70000 of your $100,000 budget the last three years, so we're going to cut your budget and make it less. And so then when you, then you get your budget slashed and you get stuck with a lower budget and on occasion you may need, you know, every so many years you may need extra money in that budget and you don't have the funding for it. <clears throat> so every single government department department does this there's not a single one out there so instead of instead of rewarding instead of rewarding departments of government for spending under budget and being frugal with their money and being smart with their money they punish them by removing budgets uh, by removing budgetary funds they, they're going to remove those funds if you don't spend them and so that that line of thinking is just entirely flawed what's that terry funds <clears throat> Oh, you're removing funds. Budgetary funds. Budgetary. <laughs> budget. Budget. Budgetary. That's, that's whenever Terry does the budget. It's the budgetary. Right. So, the um, it's a weird noise. Did you yeah. hear that? Yeah. I did. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if that was just in my ears or not. 
Um, Sorry about uh, that pop. Yeah. Um, so what, what happens is they, you know, your, 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 your money, your taxpayers dollars are going to, they're, they're, they're going to waste every single year. And a lot of times it's not because the government's being silly with the money. It's that they're, they, in order to operate their particular department, whether it be like, um, whether it be the department of public safety or the, I've heard my wife. <clears throat> Uh, talk about uh, the fact that the her office or whatever, uh, yeah. they all need to get new office chairs because... Because uh, they're under budget by like $15,000, and if they come in under budget at the end of the fact, a lot of times what you want to do is you want to come in at budget or maybe even over budget so that way your budget doesn't get decreased, and they may even eventually increase, increase your it. budget. Yep. That's how you get more money out of the government is you spend money frivolously. And they're like, well, looks like you need in order to operate this much money. And so what it should be, and this should be the mindset, is you should look at it and be like, oh, your department is, you know, allotted $100,000 annually, but you only spent 70000 the last three years. Man, look at that. You saved us $90,000. You spent, you saved us an annual, you saved us the, the operating expenses of your department for an entire year over the last three years. So how about we'll just reward your, you know, department with, uh, you know, maybe you get an additional $100 bonuses. And yeah. All good. Cut some bonuses or something like that to, to that. Cause you, you know, they save $90,000 over the course of three years. If you cut like $30,000 worth of bonuses out, then you're still the the taxpayers are still sixty thousand ahead, and I'd rather spend thirty thousand dollars of my taxpayers' dollars on bonuses, so that way people continue to keep things under budget. Yeah, but that's not how it works because the government is one big giant stupid machine, and I'm telling you, like, and this is why this is why it's wise, always wise to to vote for and to want a smaller government because the government. Is not inherently bad. It's just no. not good working in large scale because anything with a lot of people involved, things like this happen. Things get miss. Things things get. Um, you you end up with these dumb mindsets where you'll you'll have these practices like this, and it's and it's it's government wide. It's nationwide. It's uh, it's federal. It's state. It's city. It's county. It's local. It's yeah. Anything every that government. has government in the name uh, is going to do that. They have the exact, and it's the exact same everywhere. And it's, it's most likely not just U.S. government. It's every government. Oh, probably. Worldwide. It's probably and and it's the same. It's sometimes same in the corporate level. You have a big company. Mm -hmm. You have a certain department. I've, I've heard of it in corporate. Yeah, yeah. Companies. So yeah, like a, a big giant company. Like uh, let's say you know uh, we've got H and P. Yeah, uh, Helmer Payne. Yeah, and then you have like their marketing department gets allotted X amount of dollars for every year, and you know they now on the corporate side of things sometimes they're smart about it and they do reward them for coming in under budget mm -hmm. but you know some of some of these corporations on occasion uh tend to fall into the same practices but i'll tell you this in the government nobody is ever rewarded for coming in under budget nobody you're always going to be punished in the end 
And I've been there myself when I'm, you know, ordering supplies for the shop at the end of fiscal year. And, you know, I've been, you know, the maintenance control, the department that, can, you know, is in charge of that passes all the information, delegates all the information to the various shops that work on the helicopters. Uh, when we're coming close to the end of fiscal year, when all the shop, the, the department heads go in for the meeting, uh, I go into this meeting and the maintenance control chief is saying, hey, we are $60,000 under budget and we have a month to spend it. So go start ordering stupid stuff. And I'm not kidding. You know, we'd go in, you know, we'd order, we'd order boxes of mechanic gloves that are like, they're Camelback brands that the government's paying 90 bucks a pair. And uh, so, I mean, that was one of the easiest ways for us to spend that money. And we've got like six, six shops that have to come up with $10,000 worth of expenses inside of a month. So that's where your taxpayer dollars get disappeared to. At the end of every single fiscal year, there's probably like, if not hundreds of millions, or if not billions, at least hundreds of millions of dollars being wasted just trying to spend enough money to get back up to budget. So that's yeah. a fun little insight into uh, into government. Um, and uh, <clears throat> um, on that note, we should probably take a break and hear from our sponsor. Break time. I got to get my mouse to wake up, though, so I can... Okay, break time now. So, we've covered government waste. We have. We have. We've covered it a little bit. It's uh, it, it's something that irks me a whole lot because I know that like that's where my taxpayer dollars are going because I've seen it firsthand. But um, it is also something to take uh, take note of as a business owner whenever it comes to like within your business. Now, granted, a lot of small businesses aren't going to necessarily have a ton of like oversight. Like they're going to not notice funds disappearing because of budgets to a certain. But but then again. Even a small business could have something along those lines. Like if you have, sure, say a um, you know an expense allowance for an employee to do you know for for whatever reason, they may so so it'd be wise to implement some sort of incentive for the employee to save your business money. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a business where your employees have gas cards mm-hmm. and they put gas in the vehicles, whether it be company vehicles or their personal vehicles, um, provide some sort of incentive for them. Because the thing is, whenever people are spending money that isn't theirs, they tend to not care about it. And this is what happens in the government. This is why at the end of fiscal year, it's like, because in, you know, the mindset is if we don't spend it, we won't get it later. And it, which is hilarious because everyone's spending this money and wasting this money. It's their own money that they're, <laughs> they're wasting. I mean, granted, not directly their own money. It's not like it's not like they're blowing thirty thousand dollars of their own money. It's collectively the the U.S. you know citizens' money, right? But you know, you 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 paid a portion into that. The same could kind of be said for small businesses whenever it comes to employees who have some means of spending company money. You want there to be incentive for them to not spend your your money irresponsibly, you know. And I've been in that situation before where I I want there's it's it you have to there's certain aspects of business where you're gonna have to delegate some spending to employees, right? Right. Because otherwise, it's just not gonna you, you can't you can't control and micromanage every dime of your business. You'll never get anything done. Oh yeah. If you, if you do. Um, 
you, in a lot of cases, you'll spin, just spin your wheels. Man, I couldn't get that spin out there. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna spin my wheels instead of, yeah. But uh, you'll you'll just spin your wheels. You won't get anywhere, and yeah, uh, you'll wake up one day and be like, "Man, why can't I get things done?" Yeah, because you'll be spending too much time micromanaging everything. Now, I don't I don't say ignore your finances. In fact, I think that it's wise for every business to perform a financial audit of their own business um, at least once a quarter. Um, I say, so once a quarter, it's wise to go through and be like, "All right, what are we spending money on? Is there any way we can cut costs somewhere?" Um, or just to find out that you're on track and you're doing good. You know, at least you just know, you know where you're at. Um, it's always wise to do that because you don't, you don't want to like be overspending for like a, a year in a row or worst case, a couple of years in a row. And it may not be much. Let's say you overspend by like a thousand dollars a quarter. Well, that's not that big of a deal. It's not like, I mean, it's a thousand bucks is still a lot of money, but it's not like, it's not like game changing, altering your life type of a deal. Whenever you're talking about a business that's making a quarter million, half a million dollars a year or something like that, that you're grossing a thousand dollars is not a lot of overspend, but you know, you, but you ignore it for an entire year. That's $4,000. Well, $4,000 could have gone a long way to doing something for your business. Right. Uh, That's just getting thrown out the, out the door. So then, you know, two years goes by and you're like, okay, I feel like we're missing money somewhere. So then you go back over the next, over the past couple of years and you're like, man, we've been overspending every quarter for a thousand, you know, by a thousand dollars. Doesn't seem like that on a monthly basis is a lot of money. Cause that's like $333 every month that is being overspent. Um, and, but over the course of two years, you've just wasted $8,000. Well, $8,000 could have, you know, uh, done a, put, put a vinyl wrap on two of your vehicles or bought yourself another, you know, service vehicle or could have bought a lot of tools or could have bought X amount of whatever, or could have cut some pretty cool company Christmas bonuses, you know, yeah, $8,000 could, could have been saved and go a long ways. That's why when it comes to financial leaks like that, and uh, overspending, it's, it's wise to catch them as early as possible. So you can plug that hole pretty quickly because over a long period of time, uh, that those dollars, those, you know, those small dollars what add up be, to large what, dollars. What could be a few hundred dollars could be a couple thousand yes. over time. And so it's wise to perform your own internal financial audit once a quarter. That's what I suggest. I say once a quarter because the problem is, is it's it's hard to. I wouldn't say once a month is almost too much, uh, unless you just notice that month that you're like, man, where did all this money go? And you, and you know you have a special circumstance that you need to look into. That's sure. that's understandable. But as like just you know just a, a run of the mill financial audit, if you do that once a month, the problem is you may not get like an accurate depiction of what's actually happening, right? Because what what you'll see is um, what you'll see. On a monthly basis is like one month you may be over and then the next month you come in under and it balances itself out. So you're not really seeing good trends over a short period of time. You're not getting a bigger picture. So a quarter is a large enough time period to to get a good accurate depiction of what's going on uh, in your business over that. Because one month, you know, you may think that you've spent, you know, $400 more than what you thought you should have. But the reality is that particular month, you just had a little bit more expenses and then it balanced itself out because the next couple months came in under budget or something along those lines. 
or you didn't have as much, you know, random expenditures. You know, one particular month you had more vehicle maintenance that you had to attend to, and then the next month you didn't because the vehicles have all been repaired. Or one month you had more that you spent in marketing because, you know, you needed to buy a whole bunch of, you know, more shirts and um, and business cards and all that stuff to restock your supply. But then the next couple months in that quarter you weren't spending anything because you restocked on your marketing supplies, right? Right. That's why it's that's why it's a good idea to do quarter, um, and then also don't necessarily take a ton of stock in it. If you look at the quarter and you're like, well, last quarter we spent a thousand dollars less, and this quarter we spent a thousand dollars more. Well, you've got those numbers. You've got that kind of financial audit there. You know where your money's being spent, and then the next quarter you compare again, and so then you can look at an annual basis by quarter instead of a- monthly. So anyhow, it, it is wise to look into that, especially if you're not the only person spending money in your business. Because any small business, once it grows to a certain point, there will be more than one person spending money in your business. They'll have to spend company funds one way or another. Um, and so it's it's a good idea to keep tabs on it, especially people who are spending your money that it's not their money. They, it's not that they may not maliciously try and waste your money, but no, they just but may they, not think about it, you know. It, yeah, in a lot of cases, they're looking at it as, well, I gotta have this, and or I gotta have that, and this is gonna make my job easier. And in yeah. that in that aspect, they're not thinking of it as, well, this isn't my money to spend. Mm-hmm. This is witnesses' money, or. For, for instance, I had a mechanic um, once upon a time, and at the time, my company was supplying all consumables to the mechanic. And I had to adjust that because I thought that they would use these consumables responsibly. For instance, brake cleaner. Um, thing is, brake cleaner, I you know buy it by the case and I get it for like, it's less than two bucks a can, right? It's not that right. expensive. And it's not that big of a deal. And, and this is why I, you know, I, I don't want brake cleaner to be used because I want parts to be clean. I want the, the workspace to be clean. I want things to be, you know, you know, when you're installing, especially like, uh, like say like a water pump or like a, uh, any gasket, you, you want the surface to be nice and clean. So it creates a good seal. Right. So cleaning supplies and materials and stuff like that. I want that to, you know, be used. Especially in a dirty environment like you are. <clears throat> yeah. So I want that to be used, but I had a mechanic who would, I, I watched him one day, he used a full can of brake cleaner to spray down his oil catch to clean the oil catch off. I'm like, well, that, I'm like, I know, like, if you do this every single stinking time, I'm like, because like, I was wondering why he was going through so much brake cleaner. Well, the guy would use, like, he'd use like four or five cans a day. So, like, I'm buying him a case, like, every week, every other week. I'm like, why is this guy going through so much? And I see that he, it, but, you know, he doesn't think about it. It's $2 a can. Who cares? You know, and he's not buying it. So then I was like, look, if you're going to continue using brake cleaner this way, then I'm going to stop buying brake cleaner for you. Um, you know, I'll give you an allotted amount a month because there should be no reason why you're going through this much brake cleaner. Um, and, and it, it's not like he was maliciously trying to like, just screw me and spend all my money. It's just, he didn't buy it and he didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And even and, and he knew that the cost of that brake cleaner wasn't that much, but he didn't realize how much he was using. Cause it was just sure. a, it was just a, a supply that he always had access to and he wasn't having to foot the bill for it. Exactly. So, so because of that is, is you know whenever it, so it may not necessarily be like you may be the only person in control of the company expense card but you're not 
likely in a small business, you're not likely the only person in control of your expenses because you have you have employees that are going to use company consumables, assets, things mm-hmm. of that nature, like uh, printer paper or you know you know printer ink, you know things like that. And it may not be that big of a deal for an employee to think, you know what, I'll just you know I've got to um, I've got to print something out and you know for personal reasons. And so you know they're like, oh. Um, you know, I need to make a copy of my lease, right? You know, my lease agreement so I can take it to whatever, you know. And so they, so they copy their lease agreement that's like 15 pages long. Well, that's not a lot of money, but if it's a habit and people are u- making use of company resources for personal reasons, it can add up to be expensive. So it's wise to keep an eye on where your money is going and figure out if there's some sort of abuse of company resources and again a lot of times it's not necessarily intentional or malicious it's just that people don't really quite click in their head that that this is something that you know this is something that somebody has to pay for because because a lot of people have a tough time grasping that concept especially Mm -hmm. whenever it comes to like an employer even in a small business you'd be surprised how some employees just don't like they see the person who pays for these things on a on a daily basis a lot of times in these small businesses it's not like some uh nameless person up in some you know high-rise skyscraper or something like that that is some ceo somewhere and not even in your state in this you know inter uh, interstate or multinational uh, uh, multi-million dollar a year company, right? Right. In a small business, you would think that it would be, you know, it would be close to home or connect to it, but a lot of times some employees, they just don't realize how much. And when I when I told my mechanic, I'm like, look, like this month alone, you've used like $300 worth of brake cleaner. And he's like, oh, I didn't realize it was that much. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you were the one having to pay for it, so you didn't realize it. I get it. So, like, can we cut back on that, please? Because <laughs> it's killing me. You know, if I, if every single one of my mechanics at the time I had four or five, if every single one, and if you include myself, six. So there's six of us. If every single one of us used three hundred dollars a month worth of brake cleaner, then uh, I would have spent in uh, what's that eighteen hundred dollars a month? Yeah. Yeah. I would have been spending eighteen hundred dollars a month in brake cleaner if we all if we all used the same amount of brake cleaner as he did. And, um, and so like, it's a lot of times it's not that big of a deal. And also they they have, sometimes they have a tough time to put things in perspective and realize, oh, well, I, I, I printed 15 pages of paper. It costs like five cents a piece. It's not that big of a deal. Well, if every single employee did that, like every other day, then you'd be spending an awful lot of money on paper and ink. Right. Right. And so you have to kind of put that into the perspective sometimes, especially if you're like, hey, we're as a company, we're spending too much money on this or that or whatever. We all need to cut back because and, and sometimes that's useful to to, you know, kind of let your employees know, look, this is how much money the company's having to spend on this resource. You know, we spend this much money and they go, well, how could it be that much? Well, you know, you, ten, you know, 10 cents here, 20 cents there, ten dollars there. It all adds up. And yes, you individually may not be wasting a ton of company, but everyone collectively is spending a lot of money on stuff that we could reduce. And the reality is, <clears throat> another thing to kind of put in perspective that sometimes employees don't understand is that the more money you save the business, the more money the business makes. And generally, whenever it comes to small businesses, most small business owners want to take care of their employees. And if you have more 
expendable income, then it means you can pay employees more or cut bonuses. You know, <laughs> that's what I like to do. If I have, uh, you know, if I have, if, if, if my employees are good at, you know, at what they do, they're efficient, they're not, there's no company waste and we, we have a good year, I get to pay bonuses. If I can't afford to pay bonuses, then I don't get to pay. Bon- I'd like to pay bonuses. Like I, don't, I don't just, you know, I'm not just wanting to make more money that I can put in my own pocket. I want yeah. other people to benefit as well. Last few years, we have uh, at Witness have had the opportunity uh, to cut bonuses because uh, when we do well. We pass that on to the uh, yeah. employees as and, well. And I think the majority of businesses, small businesses especially, small businesses do that. for sure. Yeah. Corporate businesses. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, it, it depends it on the business. It yeah. doesn't uh, flow down as well to yeah. the fr- in the corporate companies as it, what, as it does with the small businesses. Yeah, yeah. And generally speaking, like I said, you know, small businesses, and, you know, you just make that apparent to your employees and say, look, <clears throat> if we can save this money, that means I can give you this. So instead of instead of you spending it on printing out things on the printer, I can give it to you in form of cash that you can then, you know, spend on whatever the heck you want in form of, you know, bonuses. And it, and it varies. It's going to be different for every single business, um, what your what your waste is, and some businesses may just inherently have little to no waste. Um, but it's always wise to kind of audit that and keep keep that in check, especially if you have employees. Now you may be a sole proprietor, owner operator. You're the only person working in your company, and so in that case, you don't. You, it's not as difficult to track your waste because the only person that could be responsible would be you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, if you, if you need to do an audit, then you need to look in the mirror. You know? <laughs> it's like, man, I'm, my my employees are wasting all this money. Oh, wait, I am the only employee. Uh, man, I need to stop wasting money. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, when we first got started, uh, Keith had a uh, secretary that worked for him, and she goes, hey, uh, can can we add manager to our office manager to my title? <clears throat> he goes, well... I mean, I, I guess I, mean, I don't really see why you need to. Yeah. The fact that um, you're in here by yourself. <laughs> My mom, she was the one, uh, or she was working uh, outside the home, uh, outside the business yeah. for the longest time, and so uh, Dad goes, I, I, I guess <laughs> I really don't. You're you're managing yourself. Well, it looks good on a resume. And so she, she went ahead and she added that title. When it came down, or when Keith let her go, because every day he'd have to redo the same exact list for her. All right, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do this, 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 this. And he'd have to redo that same list for her every day. Because she'd call up and she'd be like, so I've got this, 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 and this done. Uh, what, what else do you want me to do? Well, have you done this? Wh- whatever it might be. Yeah. And she goes, oh, no, I forgot. Every day. And it wore him out. And then she asked the man. He goes, well, yeah, I guess. But you're not even managing yourself yet <laughs> as it is. What do you mean office manager? Well, went ahead. she went ahead and put office manager as her title. 
when she uh, was let go because she wasn't doing her job, it actually cost us more because of the office manager title. Oh, yeah. And unemployment. Unemployment. Yeah. She knew the system. And she screwed us hard. (laughs) You know, it's funny. When I was working for you guys. Paying attention to little details like that is nuts. So when I was working for you guys, I was, you know, the only salesman. And you could security. have been sales manager. Uh, no, I uh, I was the head of the sales department. That's what I was. Yeah. I mean, that's what you know. People, would, <laughs> I'd tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm head of the sales department for witness security. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. I'm like, well, I kind of am the sales department, but th- that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but if if I were to write a resume, that's what I would put. I would put um, I would put uh, 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 vice president of sales. Or maybe president of sales. I don't know why I'm cutting myself short. I could have just <laughs> been president of sales. <clears throat> I, I would say president of domestic sales. We had a different department for international. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, what did you do with witness security? I was president of domestic sales. Um, I was in charge of all the sales that we handle in the U.S. <laughs> all, all of them. Well, uh, actually, we, when you were with us, you didn't do any outside of the state sales, so no stateside or uh, stateside. Yeah, but but state we didn't really have any sales outside of the state, so I handled all of the sales in the U.S. Granted, they all happened in <laughs> Oklahoma, and primarily in the Greater Tulsa area. <laughs> I was the, I was the I was uh, the Oklahoma Northeast Regional Sales Manager is what I was. <laughs> I was in charge of all sales in Northeast Oklahoma. <laughs> um, actually, one of my uncles, my uncle James, is uh, he uh, was a department head whenever he was the only person in the department, and he primarily did that because it looked good on it. You know, he he they they uh, he he wanted to be placed in that position or his title changed because it looked good on a resume. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, you know. You could have, uh, you could, you could, you come up with all kinds of whatever titles for in your small business. And, you know, I mean, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm the head of all kinds of departments in in my company. Well, I mean, like with me, uh, I do marketing. I do, because I'm always searching for that Google review. Um, so you're VP of marketing. I'm, uh, I'm in, I'm definitely the ins- installation manager. Yeah, you're the regional install um, manager. Yep. yep. For the inc- you cover the entire region. You yep. manage all of the techs in the entire region. Yeah, that's true. Granted, the region is Greater Tulsa Metro area, and you have one technician. We do have a uh, boy. We have a. I did an install in South Dakota. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, and so, I serviced the system up there in South Dakota as yeah, well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then so your regional I serviced a system in uh, in Denver, or actually two systems in Denver. So your regional technician, or you're the interstate technician, you're the national technician manager. Then you're head of yeah technicians, and yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> now, now, granted, I, the <clears throat> system that in, is in Denver uh, is my brother and sister-in-law, Rachel's brother. And the system in South Dakota is Your uh, uncles. my uncles. Yeah. Um, and oh, I installed a camera system in Connecticut. 
Well, yeah. There, there you go. we go. So you were the tri-state uh, technician manager. No, national. Head of it's national. national. Yeah, it's Connecticut, national. Connecticut, South Dakota. Yeah. Denver, well, I mean, Oklahoma. It's, it's national if you cross like one one border to one state. I mean, <laughs> if you did a did a sale in you know Kansas, that would be <laughs> that would be national at that point. Um, now you just need to find a Canadian customer, and then you can be international. Well, we're trying to get into that DIY market. Yeah, um, that would be that would be the the place to the you know you you get it you get into Canada and then you can be international at that point. Yep. Um, not if you sail to Puerto Rico, because that's part of the the U.S. It's a U.S. territory. Um, it's time to go. Yep, sure is. <clears throat> I don't know how this uh, eight o'clock time frame snuck up on us. Well, it didn't really sneak up on me. It snuck up on you. Someone decided to show up late. <clears throat> yeah. So, anyhow, until next time, this has been the Making Jobs Podcast. <laughs>